News Nation This Hour, I'm James Sears. Arkansas, California, Colorado, and New Mexico already expanded the COVID booster shots to all adults before the FDA signed off. And now New York City is joining that list. The city's health commissioner, Dr. David Chokski. Look, first doses are even more important than third doses. And so our foremost priority remains getting people who are unvaccinated vaccinated. The FDA is expected to approve Pfizer's third shot for all adults as early as tomorrow. CDC advisors will then meet Friday. The White House is taking more action in the fight against COVID-19. The Biden administration will reportedly reveal this week that it's buying Pfizer's antiviral pill for 10 million people. Pfizer filed for FDA approval yesterday. President Biden continues a nationwide push to tout the impact his freshly signed infrastructure package will make on the country. He'll be in Detroit today at a General Motors factory. Yesterday, the president was in New Hampshire speaking at a rusty aging bridge. Because of this law, next year will be the first year in 20 years that American infrastructure investment will grow faster than China's, for example. And we'll once again have the best roads, bridges, ports, and airports. And we'll be building again and we'll be moving again. Biden says the $1.2 trillion plan finally gives states the funding to tackle new projects. Wisconsin is on verdict watch in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. The jury will begin a second day of deliberations this morning, and the governor is urging everyone to stay calm. Rittenhouse is charged with shooting three men during protests last year, killing two of them. The number of migrants at the southern border from October dropped to about 164,000, down for the third month after a summer peak. Still, the numbers are up 128 percent from this time last year. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas was grilled on Capitol Hill yesterday about border security, with both sides playing the blame game. News Nation correspondent Kelly Meyer reports. Republicans hit President Biden's Homeland Security Secretary over the record number of migrants coming into the U.S. GOP lawmakers grilled Mayorkas but say it's the leadership at the top that's responsible. Democrats agree the system is broken but say Biden isn't to blame. Democrats insist that Congress is responsible for fixing what all agree is a broken U.S. system but concede that isn't likely to happen anytime soon. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and on the News Nation Now app. I'm James Sears. Detailed forecast today rain, mainly after 1 p.m. high near 60. Southwest wind around 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour chance of precipitation is 80%. New precipitation amounts between a tenth and quarter of an inch possible. Tonight rain, mainly before 10 p.m. low around 34. Northwest wind around 10 miles per hour chance of precipitation is 80%. Thursday mostly sunny, with a high near 40. West wind 10 to 20 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour Thursday night mostly cloudy, with a low around 28. West wind 10 to 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 25 miles per hour Friday mostly sunny, with a high near 40. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. Authorities in New Delhi have announced a raft of new steps to control severe pollution levels in the city. The air quality has been very poor for nearly two weeks now. The government says a two-day lockdown to cut vehicular pollution is also on the cards. Our correspondent in New Delhi, Ishan Gurg, brings us up to speed on the new measures. All educational institutions in the national capital region will be shut until further notice. 
This includes not only New Delhi but four nearby cities as well. All construction activity has been halted till 21st November. Government offices have to work at half the capacity and officials are urging private companies to encourage remote working. Trucks other than those carrying essential supplies will not be allowed entry into Delhi till November 21st and this restriction may also be extended depending on the conditions. Of 11 thermal power plants operating within 300 km radius of Delhi, only five will be allowed to operate till the end of this month. Officials hope that as wind speed picks up, some of the smog will disperse. But experts say as the winter progresses, the situation could actually get worse. Ishan Gerg, New Delhi. Road and rail links around Vancouver have been blocked by flooding caused by a severe storm. Thousands of people have been forced to leave their homes in the area around the western Canadian city. It's thought at least one person's died and two more are missing. The UK's consumer price inflation rate has jumped the most in 10 years. It hit 4.2% in October because of spiking fuel and energy costs. Honda has set a net zero CO2 target by 2050 for its whole supply chain, according to local media. It will be the first Japanese automaker to roll out a long-term carbon reduction strategy. But Japanese corporations are seen as trailing their European and American counterparts in efforts to mitigate climate change. Phoebe Amoroso reports from FSN's bureau in Tokyo. Honda has asked its suppliers to cut CO2 emissions by 4% every year compared to fiscal 2019, starting from fiscal 2025. It also reportedly plans to request a timetable from suppliers as to how they will work towards the net zero 2050 goal. Other automakers are heading in a similar direction. Toyota has also issued a request to suppliers to cut emissions. However, it faced criticism during the COP26 climate talks last week when it decided not to sign an emissions pledge saying the commitment would be difficult. Ford, Mercedes-Benz, General Motors and Volvo cars were among those signing up to work towards reaching 100% zero emission new car and van sales in leading markets by 2035 or earlier. Japanese automakers have been reluctant to transition away from gasoline cars, with only Honda announcing a complete phase-out, including hybrids. Phoebe Amoroso, Tokyo. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, looking today at what happens in the event that Russian President Vladimir Putin invades Ukraine. The United States has reportedly been warning its European allies that the possibility of that happening is growing, with Russia maintaining a substantial military force along its border with eastern Ukraine. But how far specifically would NATO go to defend Ukrainian sovereignty? That question was put to the alliance's secretary-general, Jens Stoltenberg, by Jonathan Swan for the Axios on HBO television program. So I met recently President Zelensky and, and I uh, once again expressed uh, our support to Ukraine's territorial integrity and sovereignty and the fact that NATO... You know that drives him crazy when you say that, right? He wants real meaningful protection against Russia. They were promised NATO membership back in 2008. Nothing's happened. It's wrong to say that nothing has happened. Uh, they're not become members, but first of all, we have strengthened our partnership. We're working much more closely with them. But you won't defend them, obviously. Ukraine is not part of NATO. I know, no, I understand. So meaning Ukraine is not covered by our collective defense clause, our collective uh, Article 5. NATO's Jen Stoltenberg speaking to Jonathan Swan of the website Axios for its weekly program on HBO and suggesting that if Russia were to invade Ukraine, there would be no automatic or immediate military response. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks.
To recap the top stories, authorities in New Delhi have announced a raft of new steps to control severe pollution levels in the city. Road and rail links around Vancouver have been blocked by flooding caused by a severe storm. The UK's consumer price inflation rate has jumped the most in 10 years. And Honda has set a net zero CO2 target by 2050 for its entire supply chain, according to local media reports. That's the latest Feature Story News. Ollie Barrett reporting. Welcome to 2021 Talks, where we are following our democracy in historic times. We're going to stay outside of their territorial waters, but we're not going to be intimidated or changed to not go up through the South China Sea. President Joe Biden repeated his commitment to the One China policy on Tuesday, where the U.S. does not recognize Taiwan's independence but commits to helping the island defend itself. China has flown a large number of military aircraft into Taiwan's airspace recently, raising questions over whether U.S. forces would ever intervene in a potential conflict. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says the government could default soon after December 15th, nearly two weeks later than she initially predicted. The new timeline gives Congress more wiggle room to act to possibly raise the debt ceiling. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas was again grilled by Republicans during a Senate hearing on border security policies. Chuck Grassley of Iowa accused the Biden administration of pursuing irresponsible, reckless, and dangerous policies. When you run DHS like it's an abolish ICE fan club, you shouldn't be surprised when you have an immigration crisis. Mayorkas countered that the department inherited the crisis from the Trump administration. The immigration system, though, is fundamentally broken. According to Customs and Border Protection, about 1.7 million undocumented immigrants tried to enter the U.S. this year, the highest number in six decades. High energy prices were the topic of a Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee hearing, where the acting director of the Energy Information Administration said he expects gasoline prices to retreat from current levels by the end of the year. On the issue of rising natural gas prices, Maine Independent Senator Angus King argued that increased fuel exports are harming Americans and strengthening global competitors. We're racing blindly into a future and cutting off our most significant economic advantage. King joined some Democrats in calling for an export ban or a release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to ease energy prices. Wyoming's Republican Party has voted that Congresswoman Liz Cheney is no longer a recognized member of the GOP. Cheney voted to impeach former President Donald Trump and called on Republicans to reject allegations that the 2020 election was rigged. Political leaders who sit silent in the face of these false and dangerous claims are aiding a former president who is at war with the rule of law and the Constitution. Back in D.C., Republican Paul Gozer could lose his spot on the House Oversight Committee. He needs to be held accountable for his disgusting, outrageous, violent threat. Democratic Caucus Chair Hakeem Jeffries says House Democrats will vote today on whether to censure Gosert for posting a Photoshop video depicting him attacking Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and President Biden. Gosert said he did not view the video prior to it being posted, explaining his intention was not to encourage violence, but rather reach a younger audience. I'm Mary Sherman for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy online at publicnewsservice.org. What can we do when day after day we're watching the bad guys win? When folks in power continue to smile and brag and put others down? Has this ever hit close to home for you, friend? Maybe your own actions unintentionally open the door for a troublemaker to bring destruction. And now there's nothing you can undo, do to undo these circumstances. Hi, 
I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. Today we'll read Psalm 52, which David wrote after he heard the report of an awful calamity. David writes, Why do you boast of evil, you mighty hero? Why do you boast all day long? You who are a disgrace in the eyes of God, you who practice deceit, your tongue plots destruction. It is like a sharpened razor. You love evil rather than good, falsehood rather than speaking the truth. You love every harmful word, you deceitful tongue. Now, I think you can tell this address to a mighty hero is sarcastic. There was a man named Doeg, a man whose sword had cut down 85 unarmed priests in the town of Nob. That's the awful report that David had heard. And David was recently in Nob. He may very well have seen Doeg. You see, David was on the run from Saul who in his paranoia thought David was after his throne. And a priest there, who was oblivious to the whole situation, had given David some provisions as he was passing through. Saul arrives after David left, and Doeg had ratted out this priest in order to arouse Saul's anger. And it worked. And Saul gave Doeg the power and authority to slay all these godly men, 85 priests. Few people can understand grief and anger to the level that David must be feeling. But many of us know troublemakers who have brought destruction to folks we know and care about. They have tongues like razors. They turn situations so they can hurt people. James tells us the tongue is a planet of evil because words can devastate as they do here. But notice now David's words of faith about hearing what has happened. Verse 5. Surely God will bring you down to everlasting ruin. He will snatch you up and pluck you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see and fear. They will laugh at you saying, Here now is the man who did not make God his stronghold, but trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. Friends, do you see what faith does? Faith enables us to step into the future so we can stand back and take in what God will do. David sees wicked men are like weeds that God's going to uproot from the earth. They will not last when God comes. And David says, we'll see it and we'll be having the last laugh. You who grew strong by stepping on others, how's it working for you now? You see, faith looks at the past through the lens of the future because faith is the assurance of things not yet seen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. And this allows David to see himself rightly now in the present. He closes his psalm in verses 8 and 9. But I am like an olive tree, flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. For what you have done, I will always praise you in the presence of your faithful people. And I will hope in your name, for your name is good. An evil past seen through the eyes of faith set on the future, enables David to see himself rightly in the present. The wicked will be uprooted, but David is firmly planted in God's house. He is like an olive tree, one of the longest living and most fruitful trees. And it's because of who God is for David that he has this great hope. And we always need to look for that in Scripture. Who is God for his people in Psalm 52? He is the God of unfailing love. We can trust in him. Love for his people 
even when our actions brought destruction we never intended. Love for his people, even when their actions were evil. Remember Psalm 51, David's confession of adultery and murder came right before this. God's love is unfailing, friends, because it is not because we're so lovable, but precisely the opposite. Actually, we wouldn't be surprised if God's love came to folks who had it all together. It is God's covenant faithfulness that preserves those he loves as they learn not to trust in the evil works of today, but to trust in the God of the future whose works will triumph in the end. And that is why we can give him praise in the company of the faithful. Look at the past through the eyes of faith so you can firmly root yourself to praise God in this present evil age. Remember who you are and who you belong to.